So Punkage and Tanil, Punkage, Pastor Punkage is going to share the word with us this morning as well. So if you guys would, give them a warm welcome as they come up and uh, share their update with us. Everybody, how are you all doing? Good morning. <laughs> all right, so we are so excited to be back with you to share with what um, the Lord's been doing over the past two years since we've been here last. Um, and just a quick bragging, bragging section. Uh, session right now. The picture that you're seeing right now with the mountains and everything, Punkage actually took that on a trek that he just came back from. So um, we just thought that was a perfect um, verse to go along with it and just the, the beauty that God has created in the country of Nepal, just to give you a, a quick little snapshot of that. So um, in the next slide, you're going to see a picture of us. We are the Sarkars, as Pastor Jared had said. And um, I'm Tanil Punkage, and like we said, we have two kids. Oops. Yeah, maybe we can turn that. <laughs> Sorry. Are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so we're um, we have two kids. We have Levi, who's six, and Eden, who's uh, three. And I'm sure after after service, you guys will get a chance to meet them. And uh, Levi will probably show off some sort of ninja trick or something to you, but. <laughs> So um, to get into the, the update, in the next slide you'll see, um, this is a picture of what Kathmandu was like. It's, um, the, since we've been there in, since 2013, we, um, it's a hustling and bustling situation. There's cars everywhere, there's motorcycles, there's people walking all throughout the city. Um, this is what we've known for the past few years of living there. And then, you know, March 2020 hit. And uh, yeah, March 2020 hit, and the whole world kind of turned upside down, right? The pandemic hit, um, things started uh, closing down, and um, so we went from this picture that you're seeing with all the cars to the next slide where it's just a, a ghost land. You can see uh, that's Levi, our son, in the picture, and there's just no cars on the street. Kathmandu um, and a lot of Asia. Um, had very strict lockdowns. When we say lockdown, it was nothing like what America went through. Well, I know it was difficult here, but you know, we, we would have a selected two, two hours a day to be able to go out and get our supplies that we needed, um, go, get to the grocery stores, get whatever you needed, get back to our house. Um, if we weren't back inside, we had the possibility of being a, arrested, beaten, or fined by the police. It just kind of depended on how the police were feeling that day, like the intensity of the punishment. So, um, so yeah, we, you know, we, we went from this, this crazy city to this lockdown and kind of were like, okay, well, what's this going to be for our ministry? You know, our, our ministry is face-to-face. This is, what's this going to look like? So you're going to be able to see um, a little bit into that in a minute. Um, in the next slide, the video is actually not working, but I'll give you the audio from it. Um, so a lot of people would ask, like, how did you know when it was time to go in? And obviously we had, like, a lot of times that we were allowed to be out, but in case we missed it, we would, um, we would have a, a way to know, like, okay, it's time to get inside before we get in trouble. So um, I took this from upstairs and from our house, and you would always hear right around 9 o'clock, 
So the police would be going, driving through the neighborhoods, making sure everyone's back inside their houses. And um, when you heard that, you're like, you would hear all the shutters of the, the stores closing and people starting to get back to their houses. And you're like, okay, we're in for the day. This is our, this is our time. Thank God for rooftops. You know, we have, all of our houses have flat roofs. So we were able to go up and get some sun and things like that. But so that was the idea of how the lockdown went in Nepal. And in the next slide, Hankaj will share about this. So yeah, when, uh, when it hit the pandemic, and uh, the one thing, obviously people, a lot of people suffer with it. And uh, we know that you know, here also, I know many people had suffered, lost their business and many things. Uh, but Nepal, uh, there is a lot of people who works day by day, like uh, they will work and in the evening they will have a food in, on their table, right? And so with that, what happened is this daily vendor who will go and sell stuff, they cannot do anything about it now. Even the bus driver who will, you know, drive a bus and earn some money, they will not able to do it. So, uh, and tourism completely shut down. All the tourists, they have to leave the country and there was like completely the market was shut down everything was nothing going on there and mainly nepal uh, actually depended on mostly uh, tourism if tourism is not there then there is a problem right there everything goes down so with that uh, these people you you see in the slide uh, they all suffer basically and but also uh, also uh, when you go to the next slide we see a god open another opportunity and we get to hear some people from our church, even though we are not meeting now face to face, we just hear them like, hey, some of us, we are suffering, you know, because of not getting work or not going to work. Uh, now, uh, problem is we don't have even a food to eat. And we prayed and like, so what are we gonna do? And as a church, we decided whatever we have, you know, let's, let's do something about it. And so we started doing that for, started with the church family, then say, hey, if, is there any more needs on your local area? And they're like, yeah, there was a couple of families who are struggling. Then uh, the church started calling some other churches. You know, you know, uh, Nepal is a country. We everyone we we talk to each other. Even uh, another denomination, it doesn't matter. You know, we are friends. So they're like, hey, we have a need. If you can pray for it and, and support us anyway, that will be great. We have 20 families or something like that in slum areas. There's like a, uh, almost like a 200 families there. So if you can do something about it, that'll be great. So we started praying and hold off our ministry get changed and we started uh, distributing a little bit of food started with that but god graciously opened another ministry some of the churches from here you know they're like hey what we can do for you guys and we're like well uh, by this time maybe if you can send us some money we can buy some food and give it to people and it was great that we were able to do that you know god opened a whole another door to minister to the people we were able to do almost like 300 plus family we able to support for uh, more than a month you know two months kind of stuff so we'll buy a big bag of rice then a lentils or all the essentials you know oils and everything we'll do that so it was great that God opened the door and not only that but it did is so many people are touched with it one of the slum area we go and serve later on this guy called me like hey do you know that the things we did like just now we open up a little bit for the fellowship there are like a bunch of like new families came and they they accept jesus as their personal savior which is really cool and uh, we are really blessed that we are able to do that you know on this pandemic to god use us somehow within those are two hours of slot you know going in and out we are able to go and drop the food or invite them in our backyard hey come and pick up a bag of rice we are able to do that and so we are so blessed that uh, we are able to do that 
so it was awesome uh, that God able to you know use her in that accent. Yeah, and then in the next slide, I think I'm not sure if we're right on cue right now, but the next slide should be of uh, Pankaj uh, sitting on a, a couch, kind of sharing to a video screen. <laughs> but um, so so yeah, in addition to our the face of ministry changing as far as the feeding people and everything, obviously our church changed. You know, we went from you know being able to meet in person inside to um, being told, okay, we're going to have this two week lockdown. And we're going to have to do everything online. No one's allowed to meet in person. So we're like, okay, two weeks. We got this. Okay, we'll just go downstairs in our little basement area, set up a chair, put our, our iPhone up, and teach on Facebook Live. We're like, we could do this. You know, this is two weeks. Got it. So we, we set it all up, and Punkage and the – actually, it worked out perfectly. Punkage is a worship leader, but also our main worship leader for our church – lives underneath us. So we had a worship team and our pastor. So it's right there. Um, so we conducted services underneath our church or underneath our house in our little coffee shop area, which is now, but, um, and that happened for about a month or two, because those two months turned into another two months and another two months. And after about the third month, we're like, okay, um, this isn't going to work anymore. So in the next slide, you can see that, um, the rest of the leadership was able to actually get over during those two hours that were open over to the church. And we still, nobody met in person, but it was at least the leadership got to get together and do online church and make it feel a little bit more like church for the people watching at home. So um, they got over there and got a little bit more normal. We are finally, it it lasted for uh, seven months for the first year, opened up a a little bit for in-person, closed again for three months, and then another three weeks after that, um, closed a little bit more. So we are finally back in person, which is a huge blessing. And um, But yeah, that just gives you a picture of the last two years of how we were running the church and everything. And in the next slide, Pankaj will share about a cool thing that happened during that time. So during the pandemic, even, uh, you know, God always moved, right? And uh, we are, uh, we are doing, doing online everything, and sometimes uh, one of the guys yellow shirt if you see there on the next slide um the slide uh, you see he was like hey we need to do something uh, in our village you know uh, my father and mother are very interested about about the god you know we serve and we need to do something like well how we can do that we said let's call them you know and we able to call them and like and share about christ and everything and they are really you know want to believe it and it's like let's grow first into the lord you know and why don't you guys can listen to our online online service? We'll just call you and put the phone down. You know, you, you can hear the message and all. So that's went on for a couple, you know, a couple of months, and then we said, right, instantly when it's open, we need to go there and pray and see what we can do, and we did. You know, right right after it opened, a little bit of window opportunity, they let us travel. We went there, and what happened is uh, right there, like God is doing something. Many you know, people started coming, neighborhood, everyone. And there's a fellowship started actually, you know. And it's awesome that, you know, uh, we think it is everything shut down for God. You know, God is working in his own way, on a special way. And God did, even in this pandemic, you know. Uh, even I had to check my heart many times, like, oh, you know, what is all about? It about God or about something else, you know. So that was wonderful to see that God, uh, you know, was working and able to, uh, able to start this fellowship. And God did that, you know. Uh, particularly God changed their heart, God changed their mind, 
and all the neighbor people also came to listen and, and hear the word and they were able to have and continuously going fellowship. So please do pray. We don't have to still have a, a someone who go there and lead the fellowship as a leader or a pastor. So we're praying for that, that God will raise some leaders. Every week we travel and two, three people will, will be in our main church, then we'll travel uh, to them and that's how it's going on. But we really love to see that God will you know, raise someone to take care of it. So if God uh, put it in your heart, please pray for that, uh, especially for the leadership there. So in the next slide, you'll see the school of worship. Um, we, if anyone remembers from our last update, we actually went out to Nepal with the thoughts and the intentions to start a school of worship. That was in 2013, was our, when we returned back as a married couple. And we were like, all right, we're, we're going to start a school of worship. This is what it's going to be. And you know, God kind of directed us in another way to start a Bible college and a church and everything. But um, finally, in August 2019, School of Worship had their first class. You can see it started with, I think, 15 students, and it was it was really cool to be able to see people coming out and wanting to learn. Um, so that was August 2019. Then they were supposed. It's a nine-month program. It's uh, sampled a lot after Costa Mesa's um, program. It's supposed to be a nine-month program, but and graduating in May 2020. But obviously the pandemic hit, so that kind of deterred it. So in the next slide, you can see we we went from the in-person classes to mostly Zoom and uh, Skype meetings. And from those 15 people, um, you know, obviously not everyone had internet or like life just got busy. So we had a total of eight people that continued to study with us and. Um, just showed uh, diligence in their studies, and our two-month or our nine-month program turned into a two-year program. And in the next slide, you can see we finally were able to graduate them at, in December of 2021, right before we came back out here. So that was yeah. <laughs> so that was just a huge thing. Like we at the graduation, I was looking. I'm like, man, this like God, this is what we thought we were coming to do. You know, first of all, and you know, we waited and we waited for his timing and he made it happen and we couldn't have asked for a better way. You know, it was just the, the group of guys that graduated out were perfect for the, the two-year program. And um, I don't know, it was, just, it was just neat to see God bring our vision to fruition and we got to see the guys finally graduate. And we did just start classes again in February, uh, February 7th. We have a new batch of uh, girls and guys this time. And I think it's, there's 13 or 14 students. And so just pray for them as they're starting their study, pray that it's a nine month program and there's no more <laughs> lockdowns. So, um, so yeah, that's the school of worship. And then in the next slide, you'll see um, the inductive Bible study training that Pankaj will share. Uh, one of the interesting thing, uh, God put it on our lab is uh, a pastoral training, which is, we started with going in a village area where like different uh, big reasonable cover and the many people come to do uh, inductive Bible studies. So because uh, these people, uh, somehow church started, I will share about it, how they started a little bit. And somehow church started and what happened is uh, uh, there is a need, they cannot uh, you know, know how to um, teach the word in a correct way, if I say that correctly, you know. And uh, so we, we figured out, uh, let's do an inductive Bible study a couple of times. And we did that in that area, 
And you can see there are like a lot of uh, leaders, they came, you know, even the Sunday school teachers to everyone who take part, women's leader, pastor, wives, everybody came and learned. But later on, after doing two, three, they are like, keep calling like, hey, this is not enough. Like, we need to do something, you know. And uh, I'm like, what do you want? Like, we want a little bit longer training, like Bible school. We want to learn more so that this is interesting. You know, we, we really are blessed with that what we do, it, but we want more, you know. We want to do it. And we're like, okay. Then we, we prayed and, and it gave birth another ministry, which is we now. Next slide, if you see, we see uh, a mobile pastor leadership training school, which we came just in November. We started in 2000. 21 before I came here we kicked that on what it does is um, in a year we'll go there for four times and they cannot come for two years program or three years program leaving their churches or anything there they have cows animals all those things you know need to be taken care so they can come in a one place in the city we, we just do it and people travel four hours some people walk some will travel for two days you know they will come and they will attend this uh, place and so we said, let's do it in November. And uh, they're like very excited about it. And every time we go there for a week, as we cover two subjects for them. So we are really excited to do that. And we invited them actually uh, 40 people, 30 people actually we're expecting, but they're like 60 people show up. I'm like, okay, God, how are we gonna do this? Where are you gonna put them to sleep? What are you gonna feed them? You know, all those things. Hey, but you know, God provided, you know? And neat thing is like, the church, how they started is some church are really neat. Some uh, church started with a miracle. Somebody is dying and they prayed, get healed, and uh, all the all the villagers are like, okay, let's believe in this God. I think this is the right, you know. That's how. And one interesting story I have it is one pastor asks, hey, how your church started? I like to know, you know. It's like, well, mine started in a in a really different way. You know, uh, I want to share. It's like I went to city, I accepted Jesus Christ, I came back to village, and I thought, you know. This will be cool to share the gospel with the village. So I bring uh, one of my friends from there to share the gospel. And these all my friends and villagers were so angry with me that what you are doing. And they came to uh, to my house and said, you know, this is not right what you're doing. And you're bringing foreign religion like that, you know. And so they're so angry they wanted to beat us. And I said, fair enough. You are angry with me. It's fine. But don't beat my friend. You know, according to Hinduism, gas is God. So you should not do that. Like, okay, that's good. Oh, we will beat you. And they, they really persecute them, you know, beating them and all. But these guys, like, so what do you do? Like, oh, we just went back to our house and prayed and you know, read our Bible. That's what we do. And the, how did church start it, right? And they're like, you know what happened? Miraculously, the, after a couple of months, there was a drought happened there. And like, all of them didn't have anything vegetable to anything. And in my place, we, I have everything, you know. <laughs> Now, now the all my friends, villager friends, started coming slowly. Hey, can I borrow a cabbage, and uh, you know, carrot or something from you? And my my wife was so angry. Like, do you know what you did? You want a cabbage now from us? Not gonna happen, you know. And I have to remind her, like, don't do that. Show the love of Christ, you know. Don't do that. Give a cabbage or or anything, you know. So like, uh, he and his wife and family, like, yeah, sure, take some, you know. And that's where, you know, it's like they, they, you know, started see the love of Christ and like, hey, there's something, you know, we tortured you, we persecuted you, we just excommunicated you from everything. You cannot come to our party or anything, but you still love us, you know. There must be something. So that's how, like, this church started, actually, the fellowship started. And like, 
I'm like, cool, that's a miracle, you know, what, what God doing in that places. Even like, there was like a guy, if you see in the picture, one old guy, it's like, you know, um, 60 plus years coming, to, hey, I want to learn, you know, the word of God. And that's so cool. So it's just let me bless. So pray that, you know, God will bless this program as we go uh, four times a year. And uh, right now we are planning for the second one. Hopefully 40 will only show up, <laughs> you know, but uh, we don't care. You know, if God brings them more, it is fine. And God will provide all the things. We pray especially that God will bring also teachers from all over the world. Um, the pastors can come teach or spare a week with us. They can go and teach pastors to pastors. You know, that will be cool. So what will we do? And we are looking forward what God will do from this. So please continue to pray that they will grow into the word. They will teach the right way the word to the people, to the saints, and they will be able to grow more into the word. In, in the next slide, you're gonna, you'll see a picture of our girls from our girls' home. Um, these, we shared a little bit about them last time. These girls were, um, uh, were rescued, basically, from uh, bad situations in their villages right after the earthquake in 2015. Um, some of these girls are orphans. Some of them do have families, but the situation just wasn't good for them in the villages. They were at risk for being trafficked or... Um, just malnourishment and things like that. So um, when we got these girls, they were in just a bad bad condition. And now, um, this was just taken a few months ago, it's just amazing to see how, how big they've gotten and how much they've grown. And not only physically, but spiritually in the Lord. Um, these girls are coming to church weekly with uh, Surindra, who's in the front, and uh, Manju and uh, the rest of their family. They're coming to church every week and hearing the word of God. And in the next slide, you'll see that um, some of them, the older girls have actually joined the worship team and they're starting to serve the Lord, whether in on the worship team, like I said, or the sound team. And uh, some are helping in children's ministry. And it's just amazing to see the transformation in their lives just from showing some love and taking them out of bad situation and um, what God can really do in their lives. So um, they're doing amazing. Um, and I think in the next slide you'll see, I think I shared about this the last time I was here. I, we had just started this mommy and me group um, with uh, another missionary family. And um, this is just a really special group for me personally. I think it's probably ministered more to me than it has to the other women. But um, I don't know, for a lot of women who have gone into the mission field or just been in ministry in general, um, you know, before children, you're able to do everything. You're able to just drop what you're doing and be like, oh, you need help here? Okay, I got it. Or you need help here? I got it. And then you have these amazing blessings of children. <laughs> and, <laughs> and most of the time, you know. But um, you have these, you have start having kids, and that becomes your main ministry, right? So, um, you know, the, the face of your ministry changes, where it's like, okay, you, I used to be available all the time, and now... I useful like I don't know there's these doubts that kind of that Satan tries to get into your mind and um, the heart behind this this group that my friend Hannah and I started was to give moms with littles from zero to five years old a chance to be able to get together and fellowship with each other and be able to see like oh this okay what I'm feeling or what I'm going through is normal like this is <laughs> like we're able to share our prayer requests and just share life together and it's open for missionary moms for national moms and for um, even expats who aren't even involved in ministry just anyone who wants to come and fellowship and um, you'll see in the slide the next slide we have a time of like bible stories with the kids and a craft time and then afterwards the kids will play they we meet at a little um, 
a restaurant that has a playground and everything. The kids will play, the moms will order some coffee, and we'll just sit and talk and do life together. And it's just become an amazing little community for for me specifically, and hopefully it's a blessing to all the other moms that have been coming. So it's just um, been really cool to be a part of that and see it grow. Uh, the next slide, you'll see. Oh, it's getting longer. Yeah, it's, we're almost done, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> so uh, one of the ministry we have is uh, Bible College, and uh, every year what we do is with the Bible College, we train them and we take them to outreach places to do, and they prepare with drama, skit, or personal testimony, and also a message, gospel message we do. But the problem with that is Nepal is very much um, serious about not converting other people, laws. If you find uh, if you find then you go to jail you know uh, there are some pastors still going through that kind of situation but we find a way to do it you know we we connect to the people hey is it okay to share a god uh, you know come and share our things to with you guys uh, the villager top leaders or whoever and so we had an opportunity to do that um we went this time many places we were able to do almost six seven places we did at night at noon in the morning uh, but many places we also had a problem with the cops coming to our place well, one place we are doing it and the four or five cops came and started asked one guy who's the main guy it's like uh, what are you doing here you know and this and uh, he's a student dean and he's like he cannot lie right he's christian well we have a bible college and uh, uh, whatever we learn we are practicing here <laughs> that's what he said you know to police and like police like okay practicing uh, sounds good <laughs> <laughs> And they stand for there, and I'm like looking uh, from the background, like, okay, that's that's not good, you know, good sign. I'm I'm looking two of my foreign friend from uh, here, and like, hide in the, behind the bushes or something, you know, <laughs> might be in trouble. But you know, God just spared us on that. And I was wondering why that didn't happen. You know, they could have taken us, you know, at, uh, straight, you know, to their custody, you know, whatever. So everything finished. They went back. They talked later on on the back a little bit, and they went back. And like God what happened, you know? Then I then I started talking, like, what happened? And then I found out that the house we're doing, the program who give us electricity right in the road, middle of the road, <laughs> given us electricity on the light and the space, that house belongs to a key leader, political leader. They cannot do anything, you know? And she was not Christian, by the way, you know? Christian have a connection with her, you know? And she comes later, everything good here? Like, yes, everything good here. Oh, uh, sorry, I was late, I was in the meeting, you know? Everything good here? And like, do I have to pay you money? Like, no, you don't have to pay us money. Thank you for the house, actually. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay us money. So it was great that, you know, God uh, always protect us and give us his has a protections and we see his mercies. It was great. Uh, we have a graduation for the students and uh, on the next slide you will see. And we really, um, um, actual prayer for the student too as they go back serve you know in respective their churches and many will go and plant the churches probably also you know so pray for them that God will use them mightily for his work so yeah um, do pray for us for the ministry um, uh, yeah I'll give it to me yeah, and just for closing, in the next slide, you'll see we have um, our prayer cards over on the table over here. Please take it up, pick one up, and just put it on your refrigerator. And when you see our picture, just say a prayer for us, if you would. And we put uh, a sign-up sheet out there if you wanted to get our, our update emails and everything. We'd love to be able to uh, keep in contact with you and share what God's doing throughout Nepal. And, yeah, just thank you so much for allowing us to share with you today.
that's awesome. So cool to hear about just all that the Lord's doing through you guys and just, you know, you started just thinking you were going to do a school of worship and you have a Bible college and, you know, a girl's home and a church, mobile <laughs> pastor's ministry and all kinds of cool stuff that the Lord's doing there. It's so cool to be able to just hear. It's just, a, it broadens our perspective of we're so, we just see here. We see what we're doing here in America and can even get discouraged by things that we're seeing and like, two hours a day and if they were out too long they could get beaten it's like okay it's a different it's a little bit different scenario you know so just uh, i wanted to get a chance to pray for you guys before punkage teaches but just if you guys would just pray with me for them lord we're just so thankful for punkage and Tenille, lord levi and, and eden god thankful to have them with us today thank you lord as they've shared the different things that you're doing lord doors that you've opened god not without conflict lord not without trouble but lord you've been with them god you've protected them you've provided lord you've been leading and god we're thankful that people are getting saved lord that uh, people are being fed that people are being encouraged and churches are being planted and leaders are being trained and young girls are being protected from being trafficked and Lord, you're doing amazing things. And so, Lord, we just praise you for all of that. We pray, Lord, that, God, you would bless uh, both Punkah Gentanil and Levi and Eden. Uh, Lord, their, their family, the remainder of their time here in the States, God, I know they've got some traveling coming up to visit other churches and friends. And, Lord, just protect them. Lord, use them to stir your church here in America, God, for the things of your kingdom, the things of Jesus, the things of eternity. Lord God, would you bless them? Would you provide for them? Would you send them back, Lord, when the time comes in the power of your spirit, Lord, to accomplish all that you desire, Lord, through their family, through all the different ministry that, through the ministries there? And God, Lord, would you continue to bring more people into your kingdom, uh, Lord, as these guys seek to, to be about Jesus Christ? And so, Lord, we thank you. And Lord, bless Punkage as he shares your word now, Lord. Uh, God, would you give him your words for us today? In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, sorry, sorry, the microphone's not working. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for inviting us uh, and for the Walnut Creek, uh, who has been constantly uh, praying for us and also supporting us uh, financially. We are really grateful and thankful for you guys, and we bring our greetings from all the way from Nepal. And everybody say hi to you guys also, and thanks for praying for us. Well, um, let's uh, dive into the word. Uh, I have short time. Uh, uh, let me see uh, what I can do <laughs> with that. Uh, uh, yeah, so turn with me your Bible uh, to Genesis 13. I, I choose a very long passage, but uh, I will try to shorten it, you know. But I will read the whole passage so that, you know, uh, sometimes like you just reading it, you get blessed by the word of God, right? So that's what we're going to do. So turn your uh, Bible to Genesis 13, 1 to 18. I will just read it for you guys, then we'll see what we can do. I'll read for you. Then Abraham went up to Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where he uh, where his tent had been at the beginning between the Bethel and I, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. 
Lot also went, who went with Abraham, had flocks and herbs and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, and they might dwell together, for their possessions were so greatly that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwell in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my husband and your husband, for we are brethren. Is it, it's not the whole, world, whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lord lifted up his eyes and saw all the plains of Jordan, that it was well water everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the Garden of the Eden, like the land of Egypt as you go to a jaw. And Lord chose for himself all the plains of the Jordan, and Lord journeyed uh, east. And they separate, separate from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent ever as far as Sodom. But the men of the Sodom were extremely wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abraham, after the Lord had separate from you, lift up your eyes now and, and look from you the place where you are, you are not, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. And I will make you the descendant of all the dust of the earth, so that if a man could uh, number the dust of the earth, then your descendant also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land, through its lands and its wides, for I will give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terrified trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar before the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. May you speak to us, minister to us, and thank you for all the things you are doing in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we see here, you know, Abraham went to Egypt, and, uh, and he, uh, he and his wife, and uh, even Lot went with him. And we see, uh, if you recall before this, uh, that God promised to Abraham the land of Israel, right? That's what he was doing. And, but uh, we see there was a famine hit in the land, and then Abraham, you know, when where is the food or everything is you know, sustainable, all the things are available, he decided to move uh, to Egypt, actually. You know, and uh, uh, we, if we see here, scripture do not specifically condemn Abraham uh, for some of the things he did in Egypt, but uh, still I struggle the things that you know the Abraham did in Egypt. Actually, you know, there are something like why he did that, and uh, we see that he lied about his wife. First thing he did, then uh, uh, with that lies. Even the Pharaoh was troubled with it, and God had to do something about it, and he, he was in great trouble. And then he, he, he figured out this is because of him, you know, Abraham did that. And then uh, later on, he had to kick him out, like, hey, you need to leave Egypt, you know, otherwise there will be more trouble, and I don't want to have that any, anymore in our city, actually, you know, in our place. So, and if you recall that uh, with that, you know, the king, uh, Pharaoh gave a lot of stuff to him. And with that also comes a maiden named Hagar also given to, uh, especially to Abraham, if you see, recall it. And we see here, uh, if, it's, if it is not a bad to say, like Abraham has a little bit fallen away, 
you know when he went to Egypt he lied and all the things and when the famine hits uh, God could have you know blessed him where he was you know but he chooses own way isn't it that's what happens sometimes you know we are going on a great way we're going and the Lord is leading us and sometimes some things come up heat and life like oh, I'm gonna choose that thing you know <laughs> I'm gonna go down and check out there uh, even the God haven't said anything to me you know oh, maybe I will use my you know this brain God has given me you know I, I will do that and I think that's what he did and and we see here uh, with that what happened is I'm sure that Lot you know after uh, after Lot's uh, um, father died Haran and uh, Abraham's nephew Lot was Abraham's nephew and we know that uh, you know uh, when he went there probably it was not even a good example for Lot right he lied in front of him all the things he should not do he did it but one thing it really fascinated me is you know uh, with that when he come back uh, he was rich in life so he says and also in gold, silver and gold that means might you know Pharaoh give him a lot of things those are things can be right but here interesting thing is what I see is um, when he come back one thing Abraham do is do you, do you see what he do he go back to actually uh, the worship you know he go back and what he first started and uh, first did his altar he he did that actually you know he come back and we see here uh, that when he went back to there and he uh, in the verse proceeded to the place of the altar which he had made there first and there Abraham called unto the Lord, uh, name of the Lord you know that's what it said in verse 4 and it's kind of like we see like Abraham knew that man what I did was not right what I did was really wrong and what I did even they being example in front of my nephew I blurted out everything you know and which I was not supposed to do but Lord did spare me from that you know the uh, you know telling that my wife is my sister you know something like that <laughs> you know and uh, and uh, it was king could have done anything but God didn't do anything right God spared him God gave him grace and in a, in a way we see here that it's kind of like Abraham is returning to his first love you know the which he has forsaken kind of fallen away Abraham has fallen away and we see here when he uh, when he returned to the land uh, he returned to the first place is worship you know and we know that we are recalling Luke 15 there's a story about a young man right who do a serious mistake he took an inheritance from his father and goes and live a wild life actually right and he just spent everything what he had he enjoyed it for a, in the beginning but later on he did have, didn't have anything and even in the point that he uh, he was just a situation that uh, you know he wanted to eat a pig food actually you know that bad was it and then he realized that man what I'm doing here you know if I go to my father, even if he says, sorry, uh, father, and just, uh, you know, just, you know, keep me as one of your servants, probably that will be better than, you know, hear what the life I'm living. And he went back, we know that in Luke 15, he went back, but what father do? And seeing far away, what he did is, he just hugged him, right? He just hugged him and say, my son has returned, now I'm going to do a big party, right? That's what he did. I think that's what, you know, what we have to be reminded that no matter what we do we fall away sometimes we do silly mistake and we do go away stray away from the fellowship or whatever you know there is always we need to remember that God is always there for you with open arms you might be feeling nah God cannot you know he you know uh, uh, what do you call forgive this of my sin you know sometimes we have that kind of made up in our 
mind or something like that. But here we see, you know, God really uh, do, you know, don't remember when we come back to him. And he, actually he, he is waiting for us, you know, to come back. If we do any silly kind of those things happening in our life or something like that, we, you know, did fall, you know. But the good thing is we can always come back to God. And that was Abraham did, you know, with his things he did, he realized that I need to come back, you know, I need to come back to worship, I need to come back to my first love, and I need to go to the altar, and he did that, and he did that, and I love, I really love that he come back to the worship, actually, and that's what we should be, like, when things are going wrong, when you feel like this is not right, what I'm doing, and we have always a place, it isn't amazing to turn back to the Lord, and it is always great to know that God is always there for you with open arms, and say, hey, come back, I'm here for you. And that's what he did, and it's really awesome for me. And also, if you see to the Ephesian church, he says in Revelation 2, 4 to 5, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you might left your first, you, that you have left your first love, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first work, or else I will come to quickly and remove your lampstand from it first place, unless you repent. You know what is, uh, to the efficient just uh, God is saying, hey, you need to figure out where you fell. Come back, you know. And that's what you should do. And that's what I want, you know, uh, to come back. And it is so cool to see that Abraham did that. And when he did that, and again, we see that Abraham's life changed, actually, you know. And we see here that both his Lord has a lot of properties and all the things, cows and cattle and everything, you know, all those things. They have uh, Lord even have his own servants and everything, right, who take care of all those positions, and Abraham have his own uh, servants, and all the people work with him, and they take care of it, but there is, a, you know, because they are growing too fast, and God has blessed them so much, that not can able to live together now, you know, and what happened is, and we see also in verse 7, they said, there was a strife between herdsmen of Abraham's livestock, and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock, and uh, the Canaanites and Philistines then dwell in the land. And here we see, there's two words I want to focus, Canaanites and Philistines. You know, these are the people, Canaanites, the descendant of Ham's son, uh, uh, Canaan. Uh, these were the people that were cursed because of Ham's sin against his father, Noah. You will find that in uh, Genesis 9. And then Philistines belongs to the village of people who inhabited southern, Canaan prior to conquest. These are one of the Canaanite tribes. So we see there was, when Abraham and Lucas, there are other people also live there, right? We see that. And here what we see is there was a problem is they are growing, but there was a tension between their people. And Abraham came to, uh, uh, he came to knew about it, right? And he said, hey, look, there was a problem here. You know, uh, we need to do something. And you need to know that Abraham was way much elder than Lot. He could have said, hey, take your things, go there. You know, he could have said that because he was elder than him. He could have, you know, decide that. But instead of that, uh, what he did, there is wonderful things I will share. But the point is, you know, what was happening there, Abraham was very aware of that somebody, some people are watching them, right? There's canonized people who are watching them and uh, you know and these are the people there's a these are the pagan people these are the people who are not believer while watching their life what's happening oh their people are fighting what is this you know it's kind of like ruining their uh, testimony actually you can either 
show the love of Christ who we are, who we are loving each other or not loving each other and, and quarreling and then they find out that okay these are weird you know these are not Christian or what you know we can do two things so what was happening here was not good actually and so Abraham what he said is this is not good people are watching us isn't it so you know uh, when you see in our life our life especially people are always watching what we're doing you know even if you are not aware of it there are many people watching what we are doing, how we are doing, what's happening in your life, they are very interested about it. You know, people always say there is four gospel, but somebody said there is actually five gospel. The fifth one is you. People are reading you. You know, so here Abraham uh, said, you know, we need to deal with this thing, and this is great. When he worshipped the Lord, he 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 came to realize that you know all the things happening is not good. We need to figure out something. And then we see Abraham as a senior, as an elder, he said, he takes initiative. He displayed the grace of God. You know, he said, hey, we need to do something. Uh, and he was not even afraid of losing anything that God promised him to give. He was not afraid of losing anything. He said, let's do something about it and uh, choose yourself. What, what do you want? You know, there's a whole land before us. You, you can choose and uh, we can go from there. And fair enough. We see here, the one thing is um, that Abraham tell his nephew Lut and give him opportunity to decide to him first. What a wonderful testimony he plays there, you know. What a grace he displayed here, you know. Like, you know, and where he got it? When he decided to come back to God, you know. And he, he did that and he, he, he did that and he, and uh, we see the letter on verse 10 and uh, all the chapters like Luther's looking at and he see the best thing, the best plane, you know, all greenery, everything is there, water is there, and he basically choose that, right? He chose it and uh, Abraham was okay with that, like, sure, why not, you know, take whatever you want, whatever you want to choose, I will give you the first place. I think as a Christian, that's what we need to be done, right? We always should prioritize others, right? But in my life, when it comes uh, to prioritize other people, I always bring myself first. That everything have to revolve around me. First, I need to be, first to be noticed, first to be, you know, done something about me. My need is big, my thing is big. Uh, there are sometimes I like, come on, man, you know, you need to show some grace, you know, that what God did in your life and you should show that grace to others give the first priority to others you know as a church as a believers isn't that's why we are called to do that's why god has called us to give other people first other person first guess what jesus did that right he didn't he didn't think of himself any worthy or anything for us he came to this world he didn't have to but he did that you know and god did you know send his best thing his only one son for us and jesus said okay i'll do that for these people you know there's no way only one way is i will go and do that then only they can come to you god you know to you father and i will do that isn't that that's what he did he lived all his majesty all his glory all the things you wonder you know all the top things you know in heaven he had it but he just said okay I'll just give it everything for others, for the people. And sometimes I have to be aware of it. I have to learn that, you know, like, you know, I have to be always display this grace to others, to the people, you know, 
okay, I'll be uncomfortable a little bit, I should do it, you know, because God called me to do it, because I want to show that love, you know, because I want to show the grace, because God has given me that enough grace in my life, why I can't do that? And Paul really reminded, you know, Paul wrote to Corinthians, they were a stingy church, you know, they're able to give, but they didn't. But there's another church, which is a Macedonian church, which is small, but they give so much. And Paul said, look to this church, Macedonian church. You guys could have done it, but you haven't. I was a co-laborer with you, but you haven't done it. Look, if you read in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 4, you will find that. And he, 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 he bring it to a, uh, you know, in the attention that the, look at this church, Macedonian church. They are small church, but they knew the grace of God was so much, you know, influenced them that how much grace they received. And according to that, they give for the work of the Lord in Jerusalem for the people. And you should be shame about it, you know. Paul just, just hit them very hard. And Paul does just bring them like it is, it is always should be about others how we think, you know. We should bless others. And that's, that's wonderful to learn from here, you know, like it is, it should be always about others. There's one study of mothers, one of our, one of two brothers was fighting uh, over, uh, you know, uh, food, pancake, uh, pancake for one morning. And mother said to uh, the uh, big brother, hey, what will Jesus do if he's here? He'll probably say, okay, here you brother, you, uh, you take my pancake, you know. So just a big brother, what he did is he turned, uh, turned to his younger brother, you be the Jesus today. Sometimes we, you know, you be the Jesus, and I don't want to be that, you know. Sometimes uh, I, I think it's hard, you know. Uh, but but we should be uh, demonstrate that grace. What you know, um, that what uh, especially Abraham dem uh, demonstrate that we always pray about that, and we're doing it. We're trying our best, and we still should keep on doing right. And uh, and God will really bless us when we're able to do that. But don't forget that it is not about us, God has saved us, still he has kept us in this world so that we can save others, you know, so that we can bring to the knowledge of God. You know, we are still among the unsaved people. He has saved us, not taken us to heaven. Still we are in the midst of Canaanites or Perizzites, you know. There are people so that we will be great example for others. That's, that's one thing I really struggle. And here we see, uh, you know, I will just wrap up here, and uh, you know, you see here, if you read uh, further from um, tend to other side. The choices we make is really important. You know how Lot make a choice. Uh, what he sees was great, and he did that. It's not bad that what we see we do a choice with us. What we see actually, you know, it's not always bad. But sometimes can be bad too. You know, if you're not aware of it, is not from the God. Even if you see that is like a green thing, everything is there, it can be bad. It can be trapped sometimes, you know. You need to really pray hard. We need to pray hard. What Abraham, uh, what Lot did is later on he was in so much trouble that he was, you know, a little bit closer, closer to Sodom and Gomorrah. And next thing he, uh, next thing you read is he is inside the city. He is a gateman. He is the elder of one of the city. But he is the elder, a leader, but nobody care about him nobody listened to him he had no influence you know that kind of leader he became you know if you read carefully about that so he did that and well guess what later on we see that because of his a choice he did and he suffered a lot he has a lot of things he took with him he was rich but when God bring a judgment he has nothing he had to left empty-handed you know so 
that is important. And one thing I love is always, uh, if you see 14 to 18, uh, there is a, you know, uh, when Lord was separated, what happened is God said, lift your eyes, Abraham, and see whatever things, you know, and, and just, you know, this was, this is what I'm going to give it to you. And he's saying like, just, you know, just, uh, just explore about it, you know. Explore the things what, you, what are given to you, you know. And that's what we do. In God, we need to explore the inheritance that God given to us. In Christ, we have so much uh, inheritance that we forget about. It. So much promises of God, you know. It is like, uh, you know, somebody give you, um, somebody, a millionaire or billionaire to take you to some island and give it to your island and, and then you would left there. And you are kind of guy like just live in the seashore and like you are just there and you don't want to give and explore, you know. You're not going to do that, right? You're going to like, what I get with this island, mansion, whatever there, you know? You're going to explore it, right? That's what we need to do. Abraham, you know, he said, and this is what I'm going to, you know, do it. And probably Abraham was so excited to explore about it. And guess what? The rest of the life, if you see, uh, at the end of the verses, you see that he live a life, he always makes sure that he will, uh, you know, be near to God. He always... Uh, be in the fellowship and he was in the memory which has been fatness right and in the fellowship in the communion with God he was always there and we see Luke was going away and away because of his choices so that's what I will share today is uh, this morning is uh, you know guys you know if we have uh, with the things if we feel like a little bit you know I, I'm a little bit lit away from it it's, it's okay you know we always fall we always go astray sometimes. We always do a mistake, silly things we do. But remember that God is always there for you when you come back. He said, if you repent, you know, God is always faithful there to accept you. Uh, so right there, we are always uh, in the grace of God. And God is always gracious. God is always open for us. Always he is waiting for you with arms open to come back and uh, to him. So you guys anyone off here you feel that if you if you need that God also this is a wonderful opportunity tomorrow is never guaranteed for anyone nobody is guaranteed but what we do it today is really important and Jesus loves you so much you know just want to tell you that he gives you his life for you so that you will have the eternal life so that you will have that peace joy all the things you name it you know which you cannot buy with any money so today is your opportunity. So let's close our eyes, you know. Uh, if you want to accept that Jesus into your heart, if you're anyone, you can stand up uh, and we can pray with you. Uh, and later on also we can pray for you guys. Uh, we can do that. Uh, so we can, we, we, we can do that, guys. So let's, let's pray. I'll pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the wonderful time you have given to us, God. But we just want to bless you for who you are and what you have done in our life, God. Lord, we uh, praise you, we bless you, and we want to pray that God lead us in a way you want to be it. Make us into your image, God, as our, our brother shared about it, God. We want to imitate Jesus 
that what you have taught us, what you have done, God, and make us same every day, God. We just love you, God, for the things you are doing in our life. Even though you are taking us through a time, maybe some of us here, God, through a time which is tough, but we know that in the midst of that, you are always there with us, God. You are teaching us. You are renewing us, God. You are making us new, God, and you are just uh, strengthening us, God. Help us to see that what you are doing in our life, God. But if any one of us here, Lord, uh, we don't know, we have to come back to you. Help us to do that too, God, that we'll this morning come back to you, uh, be a man of grace. We'll be always about uh, others, God, that uh, we will place, God. And we also pray to God that, that you will be worshipped from our life. We want to be near you, God, and we want to be in your fellowship, God. And we want to just want to exalt you in whatever we do, God. Bless our time as we worship again, God. In Jesus' name, God.